podcast uh today we're talking man so happy it lined up today uh actually have to see if the rest of the panel has watched book of boba fett but we're talking phantom menace there may or may not be some links to some that happened recently to it uh but i'm super excited because I love this movie, and you know it gets a lot of hate. Um, but yeah, we're gonna dive into it, and I have an awesome panel of people that um, enjoy the movie. We're gonna try to spread the love, uh, spread the cheer, and um, yeah, jump into Star Wars right here on the high ground. All righty. Hello, how's it going, everybody? Good, good, really good. Good, good. Good. Awesome. I'm excited to talk uh, Phantom Menace. Um, I've said it before a few times, but uh, when I very first started the podcast, I went through all of the films. And so I had like, I feel like I had like 6,000 followers when I did the Phantom Menace. And it's nice to be able to do it again. And now that I have so many more, uh, like, varied opinions and stuff like that it's gonna be super cool so yeah i'm excited to jump into it um and we got a uh, lot of love uh we have jordy jedi uh because i think you guys are fairly close to each other <laughs> yeah he's like what, 20 minutes up the road from me <laughs> go to bed it's late it's early <laughs> awesome uh yeah let's uh let's start by going around the room and let's Let's go. Uh, who are you? Where can we find your amazing content? And all right. So we know pod racing exists in Star Wars, right? That's like racing. That's like it's Star Wars NASCAR. My question to you is what other sport or activity like do you need? Like, would you watch competitively in the world of Star Wars? Um, I'm curious if, if you guys have any, <laughs> I, for, for me, I, I would like some sort of like thing analogous to, to table tennis, to ping pong in star Wars. Cause I feel like with a bunch of alien species, like that would get hype really, really quick. I don't know. I just, I just kind of need that, but I'll go to, um, Ari first. All right. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Ari. You can find me on TikTok at ari.in.space, um, on Twitter and Instagram at the Millennium Pod underscore or at Millennium Pod underscore. I don't even know my own handle, but um, that's fine. <laughs> um, and it's called that because that is the name of my Star Wars podcast, The Millennium Pod. It's very chill, very fun, very casual vibes. Um, so check that out if you don't get tired of listening to me today. Um, and if I had to think of a sport, so I was thinking about this question, and I think it would be really neat if they made like a Disney Plus series where every week was like highlighting a different sport, but like Star Wars version. And because basically, I don't know which sport I'd want. I want them all. So that was my solution <laughs> was just like Disney plus sports channel, Star Wars. Um, and we could, you know, have more racing type things, some like team sports. It might be interesting to have like Star Wars football. I don't know. I feel like Wookiees would be really good at that, but um, yeah, that's that's what I want. That's my pitch. If I ever get hired from by Lucasfilm, that's uh, that's that's first on the list. Uh, but now I'm picturing like, <laughs> like if the t 
if the teams would be like mixed among species or each species would have their own team. Like it's your that... team of Gamorians has a great line, but no one's like no one's fast. Like you're not. <laughs> I don't know. I'd love to see it. Um. Yeah. Uh, how about you, uh, Op? Open one. Uh, yeah, so I'm Opie One. Th thank you for having me back once again. I am a UK Star Wars Lego creator, uh, predominantly on TikTok, um, but have quite a following on Instagram and YouTube as well. Uh, so quite balanced across across them all. TikTok is certainly my day to day, but every Sunday evening I host my own kind of one on one podcast um, where I interview other creators uh, called the Opiverse. And we're like 21 episodes in, which is pretty cool. As for the activity, uh, do you know what? I really struggle with this, um, but <laughs> I'm going to represent for Lego and I'm going to see like a, a Star Wars version of Lego Masters um, because I feel like it would be the perfect. Um, symbolism of life imitating art, imitating life uh, because essentially Star Wars saved the Lego brand uh, when it kind of linked up that franchise and I'd like to see a Star Wars equivalent of Lego and then it being represented because the two are so closely tied and then the competitive side of it through Lego Masters as well on the hollow net <laughs> I, I would love to see like what type of because you know Lego engineers would be able to create some crazy stuff with repulsor lifts and stuff. Yeah, that, that, that'd that be pretty sick. I, I'm not going to lie. I was, like, upset when Star Wars Legos became a thing because I had to build all of my own stuff, like, my entire life. I'm like, now it's there? God. Like, yeah. Uh, although I, I will say I'm still proud of my, my Lego X-Wing. It looked like garbage, but... I'm still proud of it. Um, how about you, Alanis? So, hi, I'm Alanis. You can find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram under Not a Kyber. Um, I also have a Star Wars podcast. Um, I host it with V. Um, her handle is Grand Admiral V. And uh, it's called Sith Face Pod. And we get drunk and talk about Star Wars. That's literally the, uh, the premise of it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing crazy except for comes out of our mouths. Um, as but far they're, they're as they're wild sport, people, it's great. Uh, please check it out. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are, we're really out here in wild space. Um, <laughs> but as far as like a sport, I would almost true, honestly, true. That's all we talk about. <laughs> as far as like a sport, I would almost love like almost like an extreme makeover style like series where like it's like all right so your challenge is today is to like bleach this bookie's hair like you have to like put eyelash extensions on a rodian like i <laughs> would love to see that and like see like the makeup styles and like what like each like planet and species like brings into the table i would absolutely love that because i think it would be so funny also to watch like a wookie get their hair bleached just like the foils, I would love it. So, like that—that's mine. That's mine. That's amazing. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I didn't even—I didn't even think about all of the like reality style, like like a Star Wars cake boss would just be really cool. You know what I mean? Oh, I would love that. With like Dex as the main as the main <laughs> like horse, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
Uh, Dex yeah, is the cake about, boss. <laughs> how about everyone in, in chat? What, what do you guys think? Uh, what would you want to see? Um, oh, I, I see. Uh, all right. So we have B Dazzler in chat. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to talk about Boba Fett just yet. Uh, I will ask Has everyone seen the most recent episode? Yes, yes, of course. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end, just in case people in the chat haven't seen it, they can leave before then. Um, but the whole time watching it, I was thinking of Brooke, like, oh my god, is Brooke okay? Is she okay? <laughs> I hope I hope she's okay. I feel like she wrote this episode, seriously. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see here. Who else we have? Um uh, Connor in the chat saying he wants a Star Wars version of tennis or darts. Um, St. Pat says a Star Wars rodeo. That would be <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Um, and uh, let's see, Raftar football. That sounds terrifying. I'm yeah. Star Wars Master Chef. I don't know, there would there would just be so many like really cool things, but also narrative things like a Star Wars version of The Sopranos, like where in a world where organized crime like is prevalent, like what do they watch by way of organized crime? As a Jersey like, girl, I would love that. <laughs> we're like the show Cops. I don't know that would be amazing. I feel like I can talk about this all day. Um, Star Wars Wayseeker says, I would like to see a pimp my ride in Star Wars. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, but all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's kind of jump into it. I uh, so I, I I did a post uh, because I saw Obi Wan talk about you know his love for the Phantom Menace, so I had to go ahead and post a a, a positivity checkpoint for the Phantom Menace because it gets too much hate, it gets it gets way too much hate. And like the response was overwhelming, and I was like, "Okay, that that settles it. We're jumping straight into the the Phantom Menace this week." So that's why I brought you guys on. And I gotta ask, like, what's your first Star Wars memory? And what also is like, and tell me about the first time you saw the Phantom Menace. Uh, I'll go to I'll be first. Oh, I mean, that, this could be dangerous coming to me first on this one because I can go all in on this. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, Star Wars, I can't even remember my first memory of Star Wars. I was born in 1985 and I, Star Wars was dead by the time I was of conscious age. Um, my parents loved it, my mum in particular. So I kind of just, it was, it was something we watched pretty much every weekend. We always had the tapes, the VHS tapes. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like done. It was a big part of my life. Um, and then that was it. And then the, we got the kind of the remastered versions, um, of the original trilogy on the cinema, went to see those, but a Phantom Menace, uh, the Phantom Menace was the first one I went to see exclusively at the cinema. But obviously back then cinemas kind of weren't what they are now. You'd literally had to kind of queue down the side of the cinema so you like, mm-hmm. and then it was like first come first serve. There were no like pre-ordering tickets, so I remember like queuing up like three, four, five hours before it, the doors even opened. Went with my cousin; he was a big Star Wars fan, and I just kind of like just sat in awe at fourteen year old for like two hours. 
than just watch something for the first time and that skill experiencing it in that way and i think of the of the um the prequel trilogy as well it's kind of the it's the least offensive like cgi as well um i think it has a lot of natural kind of scenes whereas obviously when you get into um the the other two and then you bring the clones in you bring the other worlds in it it becomes far more cgi whereas i feel like the the phantom menace although not wholly natural it is more kind of natural to the eye um mm-hmm. so yeah i just i just loved it and then i th- and i think it, it ultimately came down to that expectation that sense of expectation going forward in your old bright eyed nothing could it could it could never have feel to me and it was the first film that i the first star wars film that i saw exclusively at the cinema and it will always be that to me yeah you, you really can't like <clears throat> The energy, plus being a kid there, then I, I mean, I can't wait to to speak to people that, who were my age when the Phantom Menace came out, when they saw The Force Awakens, because I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it had to have had the same vibe. I was older and, you know, more jaded by then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, how about uh, how about you, Alanis? What was your uh, your Star Wars experience overall and then your Phantom Menace experience? So it's funny you say that. So I was born in 98. So Force Awakens was actually like the first Star Wars movie I got to see in theaters. So that was absolutely incredible for me because I was like, oh my gosh, I've only got to like watch these in my living room. So that was crazy to me. But my first Star Wars memory, my first movie was Attack of the Clones. And every single time I think of that one shot of just like the inside of the Jedi Temple and Coruscant and like to me that is star wars like that is what i always think of um and i will just all like always remember just seeing this jedi temple and being like oh my gosh this is insane (laughs) um and i I will always that's why i love also attack of the clones so that's like a special like memory for me but after immediately after that i started watching the rest of them and i fell in love with phantom menace obviously because i love obi-wan but because I just loved everything about it. Yeah. I <laughs> I loved the um, I love the storytelling. I love Star Wars politics. That's like my guilty pleasure. <laughs> so that's like the movie, pretty much. Um, and I I love the feeling of it. I love the mix of like CGI and puppetry. I met, love just how goofy it is. It it feels like Star Wars to me, and that's why I like will always be near and dear to my heart awesome i i love it and uh and you, i have uh TRS in the chat it's cool if, if you if it's not your cup of tea not your favorite movie the thing i love though is that even if it's not there's still some awesome things that you can pull from it there's still some amazing visuals and characters that originated in it that we got to see for the first time that have made a huge impact on star wars as a whole like it is in the community an absolute like cultural touchstone and a landmark event that you can't really i mean yeah it was just good stuff uh how about you ari yeah so i i was also like a month old when the phantom menace came out so there was there was no seeing that in theaters for me um although i mean that would have been 
interesting. Um, but <laughs> I actually, I feel like I watched maybe A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back like growing up, but I honestly didn't get into Star Wars until the sequels were coming out. And my dad was basically like, oh my gosh, we haven't watched Star Wars. And I was 16 at the time. He's like, you're like 16 and I've never showed you Star Wars properly. <laughs> um, and so we watched all the movies but not all the movies because we did it machete style. So we skipped The Phantom Menace, um, which is just super ironic that it's like now one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we do like we skipped it, watched The Force Awakens. I was like, this is awesome. Star Wars is so cool. Um, was super excited for The Last Jedi. Got bogged down by people, kind of went away from Star Wars for a little bit until The Rise of Skywalker came out. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go see the new Star Wars movie because like I like Star Wars, whatever um watched it i'm a sucker for that movie as well and was like okay i need to go back and rewatch all the star wars movies now and i was like this time i'll watch you know episode one even though everyone says it's terrible um and i did and i was like are you kidding me like literally it was like 2019 december when i watched it for the first time and i was like are you kidding like why did all these people tell me this sucked it's so fun it's so fun um and then and then and then quarantine COVID kind of hit and that's really when my star wars like craziness took off because you know i had all this time watched everything so that's like in a nutshell my experience with star wars um but it's been a sweet last two years just like getting into everything um started reading the books this year it's just i love this universe so much and i my only regret is that you know i didn't get into it sooner especially like the phantom menace i'm still i'm still upset at everyone in my life who told me not to watch it because it's so good <laughs> <laughs> and, and that just kind of goes to show you that even if um even even if some people you know dislike it like there is something to love for everyone and we don't we don't want to deprive people of that you know like let, let us yeah. let us try things let us like things Exactly. Can I just say as well, just looking at the chat, as a lot of kind of attention gets drawn to the pod racing and then obviously Jewel of the Fates, which is arguably the greatest scene in cinematic history. Um, but I have a lot of love for the the opening scene. Um, Obi -Wan, like imagine kind of seeing that for the first time, a young Ewan McGregor, you know, Liam Neeson, Liam freaking Neeson, like in Star Wars, <laughs> rocking up. To, to be all like Jedi diplomatic, they try to get poisoned and they just tear through droids. And you, I mean, we kind of saw it today without seeing too much, but it's very, it's not that often you get the chance to see people tear through stuff with lightsabers because they kind of can't tear through people. Um, so, um, but I, the, the game, the Phantom Menace game, I think I had it for the PlayStation 1, the PS1, it was brilliant. And that scene where you just kind of break out of the, the meeting room, tear through the battle droids, get caught by the droidikers. Epic. Love it. That that scene was as good as any opening scene for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially, you know, going along with that, now that we've... And I just wonder how much how different it is now that like the Clone Wars exists. If you were to go back and watch it, because prior to the Clone Wars, this is the only time we had ever seen this period of time. This is the only time we'd ever seen multiple Jedi together fighting. And so it was the first time we saw a ship that wasn't green. In the, the, <laughs> the Republic cruiser it was a red ship. Yes. 
That's true. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just fascinating. Um, all right. So b- before we actually like get deep into the movie itself, I got to ask what character, you know, we'll do a lightning round. What character do you guys identify with? Has to be a character in this film. Um, no, no cheating. Um, <laughs> we'll go to Alanis first. Um, so my heart says Jar Jar Binks because I'm annoying, but my head says Qui-Gon because I'm a teacher. <laughs> Those are probably, that, that's probably even split. <laughs> Jar Jar, that sounds, um, chaotic but nurturing. I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. I think that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, you are? Um, so my first thought when you sent us that question was Maul, because I too could probably defy death with a grudge, but, um, (laughs) I have to agree with Alanis, also Qui-Gon, uh, I'm in school to be a teacher right now, and that's just my passion, I think Qui-Gon, I, he, I could talk about him forever and why I think he's an excellent teacher, so, yes. (laughs) All right, I'll I'll keep y'all in mind for the, um, future Qui-Gon episode, because I have not done one on him yet. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, how about you, how about you, Liam? Uh, so, I would like to see a Qui-Gon, um, but I I work in banking, and I love the kind of the, the ruthlessness of politics, especially over the last couple of years. So, um, Palpatine for me. That's like a, probably an awful thing to say, but I, I, I don't know whether I associate myself as much with him but i have a lot of love for palpatine in the prequels his awesomeness is next level i love it it. i i I, when you said you you mentioned you're in banking i was like oh say newt gunray say newt gunray (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was thinking i was like interesting (laughs) uh i love it also, I, I I gotta I gotta you know shout out to to my good buddy at uh, level up lightsabers. Um, that's not the comment I meant to highlight, but uh, just hello, Master Allen. <laughs> um, and I have a uh, Camilla here, political Wookie, saying can't confirm Ari biggest Qui Gon fan in Star Wars. Now, yeah, now now I'm intrigued. Now now we gotta we have to have that conversation. Um, and it's, it's coming up too, cause I'm going to re go over, uh, uh, Dooku Jedi lost as well as master and apprentice and kind of refresh myself there. By the way, that's actually how I found Alanis. I'm scrolling through. I saw someone live and, uh, her name was not a Kyber. And I was like, wait, is this the Kyber? That's not a Kyber. What is, what is this? So like, no right, one ever awesome. gets the reference ever. Ever. They're like, not a Kyber. What does that mean? I'm like, it's Master and Apprentice. They're like, what? <laughs> it's like it's like my biggest grape. I'm like, please read this book. <laughs> For the mere fact so you yeah. can understand my username. <laughs> yeah, I got it instantly. Um, yeah, but for, for me, the person that I would say I am is... Uh, I guess I'm, I'm Maul in this. Uh, because I'm so cool and badass. No, no, I'm I'm all because of like I'm really ambitious and like when I do something I try really hard, but then I fail miserably. 
down a hole. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's me. <laughs> um, so element seven says uh he's a uh, quinlan voss uh who's seated at a table he was basically they're like that guy looks super cool all right no he's a jedi and he's on a mission like it's the best kind of retcon because it almost breaks it because they're trapped on tatooine he couldn't be like hey hey buddy can i get like a, a ride <laughs> please um so yeah that's 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 who I would be. All right. So, um, so the, so the film comes out. We have these new awesome characters. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised no one identified with with Padme, but like she's top tier, and I think none of us have like the self image that would allow us to choose such a such a goddess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so that kind of so that kind of tracks. Um, <laughs> all right. So. There was a bunch of, of backlash that happened with this film. You know, if you were um, around at the time, um, so I wanted to get your kind of thoughts on on that and how the fandom around that felt. And also, I mentioned Machete Order, which was Ari's first experience with it, and I, I'm I'm curious how how you feel about it now. <laughs> um, and, and again, you know, we want to be conversational. So you can feel free to, like, I prompt people if no one's jumping out, but feel free to jump out and, like, you know, talk about whatever, go off script or, or do, do your thing. Uh, but I'll, I'll start this one with, uh, with, with Ari. Yeah. So I obviously, I can't speak to, you know, backlash because, again, zero um, when it came out. I, I will say, like, I can, I can see, like, I can, like, I'm not surprised to hear that there was backlash. I don't agree with it, but like, I'm, I'm not, I'm unsurprised because it definitely does feel different than the original trilogy. But I will say, talking about Machete Order, I think it's awesome. It was such a great way to experience Star Wars, especially because I knew about the Vader reveal, so like, it didn't matter. Um, like, going straight from episode three to episode six, I absolutely lost it, sobbing pile of mess, you know, when Vader gets redeemed because it was just like so fresh in my mind. I think we watched them like back to back as well. However, I don't appreciate that it skips the Phantom Menace. And you know what, I I think why not just go four, five, one, two, three, six. Like, I, I think that's a, a solid solution. I don't know if there's a term for that, but I mean, I feel like the one thing I did lack in in watching it machete style for the first time was I was a little bit confused in Attack of the Clones just like the climate and what was going on and I feel like that could have been remedied having seen the Phantom Menace so I yeah that's that's my thing I will die on the hill that you need to watch A New Hope first but um oh Brooke's saying that's the Godfather Order okay so yeah that's my vote the Godfather <laughs> Order if you know about the Vader reveal because watching episode three and then episode six is just beautiful um and nothing, I don't think anything could have could beat that that first experience. So that's I that's my the order. It's like oh my, my biggest God. it's one of my biggest gripes in Star Wars. I hate Not the fair. machete order. <laughs> be, for for me at least, I feel like Phantom Menace is like almost like the perfect prologue for like everything that goes on. And when you skip that, like I feel like you miss like such a vital part of not only just the prequels but the story in general so that's like my big thing with machete order and like 
I don't know. Every article that I've ever read about Machete Order gives me very strong I live on Reddit thread vibes. And I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, because, like, for me at least, so, like, I got into Star Wars relatively young. And I really started um, getting into, like, you know, like, the Tumblr end of things and all, like, all of that nonsense before TikTok. And, like, people would just, like, trash on Phantom Menace and the prequels in general. And, like, me at, like, 11 years old, I was like, but I like Obi-Wan. And that was, like, not an acceptable answer. So, for me at least, and also, like, being, like, female presenting in, like, these spaces, it was just, like, they were, like, immediately no immediately no and then i think that kind of fed me to like do it more so i'm a not a huge fan of but i think I, because i think it kind of stems from like toxicity in a way yeah yeah we yeah, got good <laughs> it does. yeah i just it, it, that's exactly what it is um i yeah I'm not going to, I, not, I do not need to see anything more than that. It's, uh, I just, I feel like it's important. Yes, there are kind of bits to it that aren't great. Um, I think, you know, Jar Jar gets far too much screen time, but to to their credit, I think they realize that. Because I think if Jar Jar had been a bit more welcomed uh, and a bit more of a success, he would have had a lot more time in the other two films. Um, so they they acted upon that, um, but yeah, to go after the actors as well, uh, and it, it, quite often talk about the kind of the Jar Jar actor, but uh, Jake Lloyd got a lot, and I yet again, you know, I think I still watch it as that kind of fourteen year old kid at the cinema for the first time, and I still don't see it, but then I kind of think you get angry middle-aged men probably uh in watching it for the first time who are staunch like original trilogy fans this is not my vader um i think you know what that you're probably never going to please those people and we still see that today right you know that that's what we're seeing with boba fett at the minute some people are very angry about that and you're just like and i think i i commented on this I think last week, it all comes down to expectations. And I think people hype things up um, to such an extent that the, their expectations will never be met. And that's all, that for me is what it comes down to, um, sadly. But I think if you can just sit down and enjoy it for what it is, you'll actually have a good time. Now, do you think that, let's just say Jar Jar was only in like one or two scenes. Do you think Machete Order and any of the hate that kind of sprung from the prequels would have existed? Oh, it's tough. It's tough to see. <laughs> because he, the, if you take him out of that, he's almost like the source of energy within that kind of second act, that center act. Mm -hmm. Now, whether you vibe with that energy is a whole other issue. Um but then it's if you just simply pull him out there's almost like a big gap there but then if you recognize that 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 gap ex then exists and you then are able to replace it with something potentially that that works in its favor um but yeah i, I, I to be honest at the same time look jaja like he just he's over the top more than anything that's how i would describe him in that film yes but i don't feel like 
he needs to be pulled from it entirely as well. Um, I just think that there are times there's like one or two things that he just needs to be pulled from, like when they like when they're in the boo and they spring the trap to kind of free uh, Padme and he kind of falls from the bridge. And you did you didn't need to do that, did you? Like you, you know you didn't need that. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I feel like the battlefield scene as well. I feel like it could have been. It almost could have been his redemption rather than anything. He he really could have rose, rose to the occasion there, and the silliness could have just just been trimmed a little bit. And I think that would have really rounded his character and and his own arc off. But they kind of had him throwing um, grenades around and riding a cannon of a <laughs> an AAT. Yeah. Yeah. said no have a Um <laughs> Yeah. I- I would have to disagree because I think if sure they absolutely could have toned him down personally, but um, uh, but people knew that they were getting a prequel to Star Wars. People did not realize that they were going to see Vader as a child. They thought they were going to get a young Vader being you know a badass and like doing stuff like that. And and I, I still have to. My thought is it's still an expectation versus reality thing. Of this is the story I thought I was gonna, I was getting. But you know, even even thinking about Jar Jar, you have to admit George was was right. Like, there's two types of franchises. One will age itself with its viewers, and then the other one will kind of remain centered on on the whole family you know if you're a comic book reader and you fell in love by reading spider-man comics when you were little when you get older you still enjoy the spider-man comics but you're probably reading something more mature and advanced on on the side you know and had had it grown up and got dark you know i don't think it would have the same staying power i think it's it's been doing what it what it needs to um overall and I think the other cool thing about Phantom Menace, so like, obviously I'm a teacher um, and I, next year I'm actually teaching a Star Wars elective, which is outrageous. Don't know how I got that passed, but one of the things, <laughs> I have a lot of kids who are like, oh, like Miss B, like I started watching Star Wars and they love Phantom Menace. Like, cause they, like where I work, there's really not a lot of like cultural, pop culture competency. So like, they don't really like you know, the whole fan side that we do. And they love it. They think it's funny. Like they're pulled in with, you know, obviously like the lightsabers and the battles and they're, they like, they know who, you know, Anakin becomes, but they are just like, oh my gosh, like he started as like a slave on Tatooine. What? Like, how did he become this? And I'm like, bestie, watch Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. Come back to me. (laughs) So, and that's what, that's one of the things that I love about Phantom Menace because like, at its core, I think it's such a great movie to bring like younger kids into the series because it's digestible. Because like a New Hope is like mm. it's kind of a lot, and Phantom Menace, I think it's it's such a good introduction, and I I just I do love it. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's just just jump full into the the movie it, itself. Um, you know, earlier, Oprah, when you were talking about like that opening scene where. Uh, oh, Admittedly, I love how you said how how it's a great place to jump in because as a kid, I had no idea what was happening, but it was cool. 
I had no idea. But it's one of those things where the more you watch it and the older you get, you're like, oh, this is what they're doing and this is supposed to be. And then you start to understand the, the politics behind it. And it's it's something that, um, you know, your first, you, you watch it at at eight and then at 12 and then at 16 and then at 22 and it's different movies even though it's the same part um and a lot of those things don't like you said don't get the the credit because we have these two main scenes but it's a it's a smaller moment that shows you exactly what jedi are supposed to do and who they're supposed to be um that really brings you into it i know i mean how, how do you guys feel about um Let's just kind of talk about the first half of the movie. Uh, what jumps out of you in the first half? I just, I think the first half, oh, no, you go, go ahead. No, no, go you on. go, you go, you go. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, I agree. I'm just like, I agree with everything you guys are saying, how it's like right off the bat, you're like, whoa, Jedi immediately. Um, and like awesome Jedi at that. And it just, this movie really makes me feel like a kid. So I can totally see, like, I can totally believe you when you're saying Oh, you know, your students love this movie because, like, again, it makes me feel like I'm five and watching it. It feels like Star Wars. Um, so I think it starts great. And then we're on Tatooine, which I love. I know there's been a lot of chat lately, like, why are we still on Tatooine? I'm like, <laughs> I love Tatooine. Give me Tatooine forever. Um, and I think that's great. And I, I really, I know that like again a lot of backlash for for jake lloyd and like young young anakin but i think that's fantastic because how many times do we get to see the main villain of a huge franchise as a nine-year-old like never mm -hmm. and it's so it's so interesting um and to go off of that um with your question earlier about if we remove jar jar would it would this movie have gotten the same amount of hate i i want to say yes um just judging by the amount of hate older star wars fans seem to have for like kids in star wars because i mean ahsoka got that treatment ezra got that treatment so i i feel like it, it would have been similar but i love it that's i'm just i'm so excited that's just what i want to say so alana you give us some some real stuff now <laughs> no i literally i absolutely love it but i agree i love your point when you're like it feels like star wars and that's what i love and that's what i love so much about like the mandalorian it just there's something that there's a, a vibe if you will that is yes. so uniquely star wars and i think it comes through with phantom menace like so hard and my like one of my favorite scenes in star wars in general and this is like this like the most minute un unimportant scene is when qui-gon is like barter like like trying to mind trick watto yes that yes. is I cry every single time I watch it because it's just so quintessentially <laughs> Qui-Gon. It's so stupid. Yes. It's just, it says so much about his character and how he is just like out here freeballing it. And I just, I love that scene so much. I think it also says a lot about, you know, the politics of Tatooine. And, you know, we get to see that like Tatooine really hasn't evolved at all within Star Wars. Like Moss Eisley is still a hive of scum and villainy. Like Tatooine is still a giant dust ball. And I mean, we're kind of seeing that a little bit more in Boba Fett, kind of like the changes. But I, I think like that is one of my favorite parts of like the first half of the movie, and just how it it feels like Star Wars, and it's like I don't know, it's like getting like a hug from a Wookiee or something. Yeah. I just love it. And the pod race is fun. The pod race is fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, when when the destroyer droids, the, the droidicas first rolled up, I was like, huh, what is that? <laughs> I didn't even thought that could exist. Um but yeah, like you said, it's it's Star Wars. It's exploring these different wildly different fantastical worlds when they first arrive in Urugunga. Uh, and the music has that kind of like ethereal feel to it, and you're like I don't even know what this is, like, but it's it's beautiful, and I I want to live here, you know. And those those water speeders look really cool. <laughs> yes, I thought what? those were destroyers were like spiders the first time. I was like, what? What is that? But then someone <laughs> explained to me like, nope, they're droids, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, Opie, what 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 else jumps at you in this this first this beginning? Um, I, I yeah, I think I think the the relationship between Obi Wan and Qui Gon, um, I think even up to the point where Qui Gon brings Anakin back, and Obi Wan's like, why do I feel like we've picked up another straggler? And it, it's almost like that is it tells you so much about Qui Gon. And Obi-Wan just kind of verbally rolling his eyes at him all of the time. Uh, he's like, yeah. not enough. Like, come on. <laughs> no, like, he calls him a but, pathetic uh, life form. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and I, I, but I think that really talks about, uh, because again, it, it's overlooked. Everybody's looking at Anakin as young Vader, but, you know, it shows, it shows Obi-Wan as an adolescent as well, a bit, you know, a, quite hasty um a little bit hot-headed um and you i mean and that comes through in jewel of the fates as well but um but yeah i i love that dynamic and uh i i just it's a shame we have not got more of that i know we've got we've kind of got it in the written form um but if if i was to advocate for anything it would be a a qui-gon prequel i i think even like just a you know people see me like mace i don't want them to bring mace windu back but i'd love to see mace windu kind of going you know all of those guys going through it with a, a younger dooku training these guys up that's what i want to see that would be super cool um <laughs> it, mostly because of the uh of the queen's peril book i just have so much love for the scene where where uh where he, they're like it's a everyone says to all the girls it's a trick don't send no reply <laughs> and like in the book they're just like how stupid do you think who is this guy like can you can go now like <laughs> i don't know i just there's so many cool like perspectives that i would love to spend more time with um in it so like having extra books like queen's peril and master and apprentice are just just wonderful additions to give you more of a window um also i have to say this because i, I don't know there's this thing that it just it just irritates the crap out of me every time yes padme is older than anakin and she met him as a child there was no interest in him when he was a child thank None. you Hey, yes, thank you. Nobody has a problem with Han and Leia having an ish of age difference, but like, yeah, don't even, yeah, I'm not even going to start, but yes, thank you. 
it, it, they're they're like five years apart. It's it's not too, but like yeah, no, she was not. They didn't see each other for ten years. I, I don't know. I just it irritates me whenever I hear that. <laughs> yeah. They also both had a lot going on, like Anakin suddenly being freed, like Padme's got to deal with, I don't know, her whole planet, like basically <laughs> being under blockade. I don't think they were really thinking about anything romantically. And also they were children. Like they were children. They were both, I, they were both children. Yeah. Like I, full oh, children. <laughs> I could not agree more. I could not agree more. No. But God, how hype was seeing R2-D2 for the first time? And you're like... I want an R2-D2 origin story. I want to see him roll off of, like, the assembly line for the first time. And, like, I don't know, be doing regular droid stuff. And then one day he's like, you know what? I hate this. <laughs> and just goes rogue. <laughs> There's definitely a story whereby he was not meant to be on that ship. And he definitely bumped another R2 unit into a pit somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, nah, that's, you can go and serve drinks. I'm going on the, the Starfighter. We <laughs> um, have uh, Pod One's podcast in the chat. Uh, awesome podcast. Check them out. So I can't wait to play Lego Star Wars uh, with, with Jocko. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be my first Lego game. Um, but we have the new Lego Star Wars that's coming out. I specifically can't wait to play through the Phantom Menace and a lot of the prequel content because I see there's pod racing and stuff in it and uh, just just cool stuff so I'm excited um, I'll be streaming that hopefully y'all will be playing with me at some point in time but um, yeah alright so um, also I always have to talk about the pod race itself because that scene I don't think there's anything that's not a racing movie that shows all three laps of a race. <laughs> but like George Lucas is a is a madman. But it's it's funny because he clearly thinks of stories as stories. He doesn't think of the medium. He's like, no, I want to tell the story. People be like, that's a terrible idea for a movie. And he's like, no, I want droids in the desert for 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the sound design is unmatched on the pod race. There's no music. There's no nothing. Mm -hmm. And when, and also, also, uh, Opie, you're, you're, you're my age. So like you remember surround sound didn't exist until like that year. Yeah. So that's the first time you ever like sat down and you heard the engines mm -hmm. behind you and stuff like that. Oh my! It was it was just it was poetry. Um, I don't. Any 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 final thoughts on like that kind of the first half of the film before we on the uh, just on that as well. I think where it works really well, and this is probably more how they've incorporated this going back, but the um, like going forward and how we look at it now. Um, which we certainly didn't appreciate them, but probably didn't exist there. But the the pod race was a great way of bringing the Star Wars universe together. We got to see Jabba, which obviously was a cool little moment for original mm -hmm. Trinity fans. And that was probably the only Easter egg at the time. Um, but then you get what we now see, appear to be Beggar's Canyon, again, referenced by Luke. Uh, we, we see the Tusken Raiders, which there's a lot of love for now. We see them taking pop shots. But then Aura Singh just stood on the the, the canyon and so and that uh, that's the one thing i love i love the kind of easter eggs and references that possibly weren't 
you know, they, they were nothing at the time. But then as kind of different creative minds have come in, they've looked at a, a character and thought, yeah, we can do something with that. And, you know, Aura Singh, who was a, an absolute veteran of the Clone Wars. Yeah. I mean, a, a young Chaco saw her and was like, am I, uh, am <laughs> I, I into <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I need an adult. I need an adult. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I learned I learned a lot. <laughs> uh, also, I I think there's there's uh, there's another you know a story. Does anyone else uh, subscribe to the theory that um, there is a thing going on between Anakin's mom and, and Qui Gon? Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Favorite ship in Star Wars. Kidding. But no, they were <laughs> definitely. Hundred percent. That hand on the shoulder, the next morning, mm, that was something was happening there. It's it's the way she tells him there is no father. It's it's the way she's like, there's there's no man in this house. (laughs) Also, can we just can we just talk real quick about how uh, after Qui Gon puts puts Anakin in the pod and then goes back to to the group and Shmi's like is he is he worried is he nervous whatever and Qui Gon's like he's fine like that is ultimate dad and mom dad. old married couple vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Let, let him live his life, you know. Like the kids <laughs> hanging off of a tree precariously over rocks, and then dad's like, nah, he's he's cool. Like, I, yeah. Listen, I, I hung over rocks and sharks and stuff all the time, so like, I, I got fine. And you're like, it's not how it works okay um, when Qui-Gon's big brother is Rail Avros there's no way he didn't have a thing with Shmi there's no way <laughs> exactly no way. so true <laughs> uh, I, I just I just love it. and but more, more importantly this also gives us our first like true look into the forest and this kind of bridges both um both the first and second half but so we can talk about the forest and then get into the second half um the whole he really brought in what Obi-Wan was teaching Luke, which was our, our real first lessons, but he explains it differently. Like your focus determines your reality. Um, and I don't know, we just get a, a few small lessons and then we watched him do these great things. And it just, I don't know, it felt, it felt special. Um, I know people hated the Metaclorians. I loved them personally. I didn't get the hate, but uh, <laughs> I know. How did you guys feel this? Uh, you learned from from the Force, and and yeah, we can just jump into the second half of the film. I think it's perfect. Like, like I'm also a little bit biased. Um, your focus determines your reality. Is like in my top favorite Star Wars quotes of all time. I it's like honestly have become like my mantra and like everything I've ever done. Um, but I love how we kind of see we see how Qui Gon is like you know a master to obi-wan and then we can kind of see some of those parallels and also how they were different with obi-wan and anakin and then anakin and ahsoka and it's just the trickle down effect that starts from phantom menace is like unmatched it's unmatched and then i mean like of course obviously like the lights like duel the fades come on but (laughs) it's it it felt like the force was described less as like a almost like this is a surprise tool that can help us later and more like 
it's a part of us and that that is what mm-hmm. it was like super special to me yeah i love it uh your guys thoughts ari yeah i i really like how qui-gon describes anakin as a virgins in the forest i think that's so interesting and i wish we would have gotten more um like in in the live action because i mean we, we learn a lot in the clone wars but just for like casual fans that just it sounds weird like okay whatever um but it's such a like important thing and it's so important to the prophecy and i feel like the phantom menace set up so much about that and then they kind of they kind of went away from it for whatever reason backlash etc um but i just think it's so interesting and uh I also talking about like the master and apprentice dynamic. I think in this movie, it's really neat that we we really see that because by the time we get to Attack of the Clones, Anakin's you know been a Jedi Knight or not a Knight, but he's been you know in a Jedi for a long time, and so you know he's sent off on his own doing whatever, and, and we don't see them kind of working together as master and apprentice until the final act of that movie, um, plus the first the first bit as well. But it just feels like in this one we really see you know what it's like to be a Padawan with a master. Like, you know, you just follow them around. You might be like, what are you doing? Um, but I'm gonna listen to you anyway. And I think that's such a neat dynamic that we get to see here. Yeah, and uh, you know, young young Obi-Wan with his little little, little Padawan braid. <laughs> how do you how do you make Ewan McGregor look bad? You give him a little Padawan braid. That's all it takes. And he still rocks it. And he, he still, still rocks, rocks it. it. They tried, but he still still fine (laughs) one of like the biggest like like things that annoy me is because i get a lot of hate on this on my tiktok like constantly it's people who are like obi like um obi-wan like hated qui-gon and qui-gon was like abusive towards him it's it grinds my gears like you can't imagine like Like, literally read master and apprentice (laughs) yeah but even like even like prior to me reading master and apprentice i never read the relationship as cold i read it as okay you have this mentor figure who you're gonna kind of go against because you know you're you want to be a little rebellious you want to go your own way like i believe and correct me if i'm wrong he was like 22 in um phantom menace i believe so it's like 25 i think okay he was even older than i thought okay (laughs) right so like he's not like this teenager so when like when qui-gon like you know it's like hey maybe i want to take on this other padawan it's not like obi-wan is like 15 and like not developed like he's an adult like it's okay yeah it's just like that is the one like toxicity part of it besides everything else that happens with like phantom menace is just like the one little bit that i don't know why it just it just gets me every single time i think uh with that though is it not that a lot of people base their they, they see like the ground zero or the benchmark for the master uh, padawan relationship is obi-wan and anakin which wasn't a good relationship yes. and like your pe- people feel to see that that they kind of feel them like you know they yes it wasn't obi-wan's entire fault but that was not the perfect dynamic he was more of a brother than a master and i think that's qui-gon was able to separate himself from that um so yeah i think there's a lot of that but i think again it comes down to you know people it's it is the benchmark it's what people see for themselves like it's it's how they've introduced been introduced to it and what they see as 
you know that that entry level but hardly yeah. hard agree well it, it, but uh, i mean along with what, what you were saying it's it is funny because a lot of people will these these are like coming of age tales for like young people and whatever situation a young person is in there's a character in this that they can relate to yes sometimes it leads to people projecting weird things off of people where it doesn't quite apply <laughs> but uh you know it, it it is what it is um i was just thinking though about the moment where um I mean, this this whole film, The Phantom Menace, was about um, revealing of these like deeper, darker truths, you know. And we just we get that over and over again throughout the the whole film. But my favorite one, well, I guess my favorite too, is the first reveal of of uh, of Maul, because uh, I was like, you know, he's in the hollow and then he's like takes off and he steps up and he looks tough. And it, it, I mean, he looks like the devil. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, uh, mm -mm, no, <laughs> hard pass. Immediately, no. Um, but also, you have the the Padme reveal with uh, with Boss Nash, uh, where you're like, it was her all along, and you look back and you're like, no, it was pretty obvious. Also, if I actually look closer, they don't look the same. Like they're all <laughs> clearly different people. God, I'm an idiot. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you guys think? So the whole Padme thing really confused me as a kid. Like when I first watched it, when I was like, I don't know, like eight, nine or ten, whatever. I was like, what? 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 I was so confused. And then watching it when I was like, had a level of critical thinking, I was like, oh, this makes sense now. Um, but I was terrified as Darth uh, with Darth Maul as a kid. Like when he came back in Clone Wars as like Spider Maul, I <laughs> my I literally like was so afraid of it that my mom would have to like check my closet for Spider Maul. Like as a kid, <laughs> she was like, "He's not real," and I was like, "No, he's in there. He's in there. He's like ready." But now I I I think Darth Maul is all, just such an interesting character now. But I was terrified of him as a kid. Terrified. Spider Mall, Spider Mall. <laughs> that's that's all I can think of now. <laughs> and, no, and, Spider Mall and... is scary. Yeah. <laughs> Even me at twenty watching the Clone Wars was a little bit. I wasn't having it with Spider Mall. <laughs> no, I was laughing because uh, in the chat, Van said my mom always forgets Mall's name, so she calls him Space Satan. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> all right and then um you know we can kind of finish up with the uh the the film portion of it with we have that final battle and like the thing to me that makes star wars star wars um even though it didn't happen until return of the jedi <laughs> originally but we have these three bat kind of battles that are all taking place one in space above one you know on the planet below and what's going on inside the palace and i always love having that the interplay of these different scenes jumping back and forth um 
you know, we we have the age old question of how come Obi Wan just didn't use force speed like he did early in the movie and get through the thing, and you're like, Sh- shut up, just just <laughs> let it go, just let it go, man, let it go. Um, yeah, but this 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 final bit, we we have these these battles. You know, what what jumps out at you guys uh, besides seeing N one Naboo fighters handmade? You know, I wonder when we'll see those again. Um, <laughs> And I wonder if uh, Opie One already has plans uh, to to make a new build of one, but well, <laughs> well, I I hope we get one. Uh, that's for sure because it's long overdue and it's possibly the worst UCS set going other than the Chrome parts. But because uh, it was just built that long ago, but fingers crossed. Um, on that though, more on the kind of the jewel of the fade side of it. I think what's like, and again, as you get older, you appreciate is I love how they all react differently when the the four shields, clo- like the, the red shields close, you know, like Qui-Gon just kind of drops to his knees and meditates. Uh, Obi-Wan tries to keep his cool, but is clearly getting kind of amped up. And Maul is like, I mean, I, Maul could have only been more up for it if he kind of took his clothes off and just stood there and just, <laughs> and just you know, do you like Billy in Predator when he faces down the Predator and like he starts kind of slashing his own chest with the machete like that's all that's the that was the next level for Maul to go to is just start scoring himself with his lightsaber um but yeah I love the kind of how it just again for Qui-Gon how you know he's in the heat of battle but the force is everything the force kind of gives him strength it gives him focus absolutely love that um this i think it's part of, i think for me even though i absolutely love that film i think the space battle side of it is probably one of the lesser kind of cool space battles um because it just it just kind of feels like it happens and at the same time it's it's intertwined with jewel of the fate and yet i'm always kind of like go go back to that we, we want to see what's going on but um but yeah i mean jewel of the fate and you know for me it will always be kind of piqued by the fact that they had to slow the footage down because Obi-Wan and Maul were just going at it so hard. They were so well choreographed. They knew their kind of every step. They went too quick and they had to slow that footage down. Like, you don't get that out of Battle of the Heroes. <laughs> true, true. Uh, your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I... Oh, oh okay, I'll go. Um, I agree. <laughs> Um, the space battle, it's not my favorite. However, I do, I'm a sucker for when Anakin is like, now this is pod racing because I think <laughs> it's such a fun line. It gets way too much hate. It just, for me, that just encapsulates how I feel while watching the movie. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, that being said, my favorite part of this like little final act um, is actually Padme's Padme's charge, Padme's journey, whatever we want to call it, into the palace. I just, I love seeing her, you know, taking charge, especially when I remember that she's 14. I'm like, God, I was not that cool when I was 14. (laughs) Um, And especially, I think I like it so much when I compare it with her roles in the later two prequels. And I think just because it's so much better um, representation of her, I think that's just why in my brain, I'm like, this is the best. Um, But that being said, obviously Duel of the Fates is such an incredible battle arguably one of like if not the best in star wars the only reason i can't say it's my favorite is because qui-gon of course does die and it 
that lightsaber pierces every time. Oh, yeah, sorry guys. Uh, every time though, I'm like, maybe, maybe he won't, you know, die this time. Maybe by some miracle. Um, that's my toxic trait, thinking he's not gonna die. Even though, of course, you know, he has to die for the rest of the series to actually happen. But um, I can't, I can't. It's like, I, I can't say it's my favorite because it hurts just a little too much. Uh, you saying that remind, makes me want to change my original answer for the, the person that I am in this movie. I'm the person who shoots the cable up on the far side, whose cable is just super slow, and everyone goes up, and he's just like, I'm, I'm on my way, guys. That's, that's me. That's you know what? Better late than never, so... <laughs> He's still there, so it's fine. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm enthusiastic about it. That's that's my toxic trait. <laughs> How about you, Alana? I love it. I think, like, honestly, you guys summed it up. I think one of my favorite things about Duel of the Fates, and this, again, I don't know why I have this thing where I just love, like, absolutely obscure moments, but it's, like, right before they go, and I th I'm pretty sure Anakin says something along the lines of, like, like Qui-Gon wait and he just turns and goes stay in that speeder and I love that because <laughs> it's such a dad line but like you know thinking forward like I think Obi-Wan would have had like a back and forth with him on whether whether or not to stay in the speeder but Qui-Gon was just like stay in that speeder and he had like the dad like the dad boys the stance and I just that line holds like a special spot in my heart like it always has it always <laughs> will um but I think one of the cool things that I like about Duel of the Fates is that the first time I watched it, I like literally wasn't sure like who was going to live and who was going to die. Mm -hmm. Like I was like genuinely like, I don't know. I'm like, I know Obi-Wan has to live, but I don't know about these two. And you know, when Qui-Gon gets murked, I just remember like gasping. And I think the lead up to that was so cool because like, I, like, I don't know about you guys. I didn't expect Qui-Gon to die. I thought he was just going to be hanging out in the back and, like, you know, something happens where he's like, I'm too old for a Padawan. Or the council <laughs> says, like, nah, let Obi-Wan have it. Have a good day. <laughs> I, I I didn't expect him to die. And I, I really, I will always appreciate that almost, like, shock factor, at least on my end. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do think this is, I think it's far and away the best choreographed fight in Star Wars. Um I, I have to, like, growing older and thinking back on it, I have to acknowledge that while the fight is extremely important to the mythos of Star Wars, um, it doesn't have, it doesn't have the same heart of, like, these people don't know each other. He doesn't know why. They just saw this guy in the desert one day <laughs> almost run over Anakin. And, and you know, like, and... Uh, it's and it's it's humorous to think back on it because like no one's fought a Sith. You've never, none of them have ever even like thought about killing someone with a lightsaber like in a lightsaber duel because that that just didn't happen. That hasn't happened for a thousand years. Um, so I, I I always think about that part and and also I do have to fully acknowledge while the fight is amazing, there is literally no way that Obi Wan should have won the fight <laughs> i think it's the lack of the lack of obviously is the the dual lightsaber the double blade lightsaber is an epic moment and i that will kind of stick with me forever it's seen that in the cinema because like nobody had a clue that was coming 
And yeah. But there's a, there's a lack of acknowledgement of it from Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Like, if, <laughs> they, they don't kind of look at each other and think like, uh-oh, <laughs> what's going <laughs> That's not meant to do that. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's... If I was in that room, I would absolutely, when the second play out, would be like, oh, <laughs> god damn it. Like, what are we supposed to do? Have you seen that before? I didn't know they made those. Like, uh, I'd be like, are you looking for a new apprentice? Because I'm I'm really not about to die here. So I'm going to, I think I might switch sides for a minute here. Uh, and also, also, it has been pointed out that canonically, Maul was behind the door planning uh, how cool his entrance was going to be. Uh, just like, oh, I'm going to open this door. It's going to be so freaking badass. <laughs> it's like, all right, you hold the door. You're going to hit that button because I, I can't be over there when it happened. Like, I got to be standing right here framed. And you, you have that new track from John Williams. All right. You hit play when I tell you, not a second earlier. No, when when the track hits, it's it's just it's incredible. Um, uh, so we we've kind of talked about um. The the next question was, uh, I mean, I was going to mention if you would change anything. We've kind of already covered that, but uh, overall, what's your favorite outside media that was spawned from from this? Um, what 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 jumps to mind for me? It's Jedi power battles. Um. That game was my life uh, as as a child, um, and and episode one racer. <laughs> but uh, how, how about how about you guys? Anything that was spawned from this that really took off? Master and Apprentice, Master and Apprentice. I I love that book so much, so much. Every <laughs> every second of it. I love how annoying little Obi Wan is. I love how just off the rails Qui Gon is. I off I love the like rails? the little. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love I'm like sorry. the little. I also love like the little like legends bits that they have in there, like the line about like tall, like Xanatos, all of that. I also probably said that wrong, but um, I love it. And even though it's not technically media, um, I have this weird thing where I have like collected all of like the Phantom Menace like weird figures that came out during that time because there's just something like so like wrong about them like <laughs> that I'm just like obsessed with and I go to state sales all the time and anytime I see them I pick up anything Phantom Menace because everything is just slightly off so even though it's not like media I just love all of like the toys and stuff that came out um for Phantom Menace I think they are just oh I love them yeah, this is uh, everyone's friendly reminder that they actually made uh, Jar Jar Binks candy, and the candy part was his tongue, and you had to make out with him to eat the candy. Why? Who greenlit it? I don't know. They should be fired out of a cannon into the sun. Um, how about you, uh, Ari? Um, yeah, I definitely agree, uh, Master and Apprentice, but I think you covered all of the great reasons why. So I will also say, as Camilla mentioned in the chat, Queen's Peril. Um, I really enjoyed reading this book because of like the extra insight we got kind of to like the background of, of what was happening during the Trade Federation occupation. They mention in the movie, you know, oh, you're going to this camp, people are in camps, they're dying, um, but you don't really get 
how like actually bad it is until you read that book. So there's my plug, read the book. Um, and also I will say one thing I might change slash add to the movie in general would be maybe like a scene. And I think it would fit really well when they go to the Senate and Padme gets ready to actually be the queen. Show us, show us Sabe and her like transitioning. I feel like that might, it could be super fast and you know, the, the, the kids that get it would get it and then the kids that don't, whatever, that's fine. But I feel like it would help just to like, just a little. And I also think that's such a cool part of, you know, Padme's story with all of her handmaidens, um, which you do get in Queen's Prayer. Also again, read it, but I feel like adding that in might, might, might make it just like that a little bit better. Uh, now you make me sad, uh, Sakurai. <laughs> It'll be okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how about you, Liam? Um, a bit out of left field for me, but Battlefront 2, the more recent one, uh, Hero Showdown mm -hmm. in the Naboo hangar as Darth Maul oh, against so a Kenobi. And, in, and just out loud, get up on the platform and so like force pushes and chokes and throws are lethal and just like out aloud um on a mic with someone it's like it just it's it's one of those scenes it's due to the fear it's one of those scenes that you want to recreate yourself in it's you know through in video game uh and I can't remember. I remember really enjoying the game, the initial game for the PS1, but the Jewel of the Fates just doesn't stick in my head in the same way. But Battlefront 2, like the gameplay, it's such a shame that they kind of pulled the plug on it. Um, but that hangar scene, even if you don't go in the actual that part, if you go on uh, the Naboo, um, the Naboo ship, that's brilliant too. That's a, it's yeah. a great battleground. And, and you get the the big energy rings, and you're like, "Why are these here? <laughs> oh, where's there's no OSHA compliance here? Like, make a goddamn railing, someone, please." No, it's <laughs> I, yeah. There is uh, there are no railings in Star Wars. <laughs> oh man, um, no, I that's that's a great point. I because I don't my mind doesn't even go. So things that recent, but God, I had so much fun playing, you know, even the other part of, of Naboo in Battlefront 2, you know, where we got the original trailer of that. Not clear, not clear. Um, battle droids and their little personalities and stuff. But I, I think um, Darth Man 86 may have said it best. Clone Wars. <laughs> Essentially came out of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I feel like it's cheating, but it's but it's true. It's it's absolutely true. Um but awesome. All right, so that's gonna kind of wrap up our Phantom Menace this discussion. Um I would love to real quick um all right, here's here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have everyone go around give final thoughts on it where we can find you and all your stuff. Um, and then after that, we're going to go around again and do a, a quick round on Book of Boba Fett. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Perfect. Uh, we'll start with, uh, with Liam of just going around. If you have final thoughts on Phantom Menace and where we can find you and your awesome content. Sure. Um, yeah. So simple bottom line, 
The Phantom Menace is my favorite prequel film. I'm not saying it's the best. It's just my favorite. Um, and but it all I it all comes down to expectation, and it will always come back to me being a 14 year old kid seeing Star Wars for the first time on the big screen. Um, so that it, it will always have that for me. Um, as for where you can find me, predominantly on TikTok. Um, so the OP1 handle is my TikTok handle. Uh, within there, you'll find links to my Instagram uh, and my YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, I'm across all three platforms. Awesome. And always making awesome stuff. Um, I, I look forward to, uh, to jumping on your podcast, which goes on every Sunday, correct? It does indeed. Beautiful. And uh, how about you, Alanis? So, honestly, my biggest thing with Phantom Menace, um, it doesn't have to be your favorite. Um, you don't even have to like it. But there's no need for, like, negativity around it. Star Wars is Star Wars. And the fact that it's been out for, you know, close to two decades now and people are still hyping on it. Like, move on, besties. Move on. <laughs> but I love Phantom Menace. Always have, always will. Um, but you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram um, under Not a Kyber. Um, and then if you would like to listen to my podcast, um, we are under uh, Sith Based Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as well. And yeah, we just drink and talk about Star Wars. <laughs> awesome. And uh, last but certainly not least, we have our. Yeah, so uh, as again, as somebody who skipped The Phantom Menace for for a while, um, I just want to once again say, don't do that. Don't be like me. Don't listen to people who tell you it's not good. It is good. Um, I totally agree with you, Alanis. Like, even if you don't, even if you don't love it, even if you don't like it, acknowledge that there's a lot in there that definitely adds to the world um, and it's important and it's fun, okay? Once again, the pod race is fun. Um, you can find me on TikTok at re.in.space and on Twitter and Instagram at millenniumpod underscore. I got it right that time. And uh, that's the name of my, my Star Wars podcast, The Millennium Pod. So if you're interested, check that out. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Thank you everyone for, for coming by and for chatting with me um, about Phantom Menace. I, cause I, 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 I love watching Like this is one of the, oh man, I need to make, uh, I'm going to make a listing of, of ranking the most fun Star Wars movies. That's what I'm going to do. It's up there. This is way, way the heck up there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Anyways, Thank you guys. That's going to end the conversation on this. We're going to move and do a quick um, round or two talking about Boba Boba Fett because um, I nearly vibrated out of my chair uh, while watching it. I don't know how y'all felt, but um, yeah. What, what do you? Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll go to, go to our Ari first. Um, oh my gosh! Thoughts, but what, what happened? What happened? <laughs> well, as I said earlier, I love Tatooine, and this was a another, yet another love letter to Tatooine. So of course, I was thrilled. Um, I will say, I was not expecting to get Dinjarin like right away. Um, but what a fun episode! Like, oh my gosh! The more I think about it, the more I'm like, that was so fun. I I do need to rewatch it because um, I've only seen it once so far. I do need to rewatch it knowing that uh boba doesn't show up because there was that lingering thought in my head like we're getting into this episode like where <laughs> where is the title character um so that was weird but the episode as a whole was so good that like i can't even complain um sorry boba um 
and yeah just all of the references especially especially the wizard reference shout out to my boy kitster um <laughs> the og that's this is wizard wizard guy i i almost cried it was like 2 a.m when i was watching and i was like i never thought i was gonna hear din jaren say something was wizard but god <laughs> i loved every second of it <laughs> It, it felt wrong. It was like, like it, it feels like, it feels like when when your mom starts using slang and you're like, yeah, mm, you used yeah. it right, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you? How about you, Liam? How'd you feel? About it? Uh so absolutely loved the episode, and and um, that was problematic. Um, because it's, I think it, more so than anything, very agree with you, Ari. It was, it was weird that, you know, Boba wasn't in it. It was the best episode and the title character's not there. But I think more than anything, I've, as much as I've really enjoyed this series, I haven't loved this series. I haven't kind of finished an episode and thought, I can't wait another week, like, I, you know, which you get with The Mandalorian, and that's exactly what's happened today. And I'm more looking forward now to season three of Mandalorian than chapter six of The Book of Boba Fett. And you shouldn't feel like that. Like, I, I don't feel like that's how it should be. Um, but I think what it, there's kind of two main things on that. It's, it just shows how good The Mandalorian is and how well that has been written. But actually, when we take it all the way back to where we started about The Phantom Menace and expectation being really key, there was no expectation with the, the book, um, with The Mandalorian because he was a brand new character with Boba Fett. There is expectation and will, will they ever be able to meet that? And the kind of that leads me into the second part of my thoughts and this has kind of been reiterated through the series people talk about wanting a vader series you know more of a luke series i don't think we should ever have that those guys should have the strongest of cameos like what we got in rogue one like what we got at the end of um season two of mandalorian they're so big characters that you can you can almost never live you know it's the whole thing about luke in the um in the sequels you can never live up to the kind of the, the the legend of luke skywalker the legend of boba fett the legend of vader and i think that's for me is where this series is suffering a little bit but it comes down to expectation and the legend of the character um but again it's then kind of competing with the Mandalorian, which is potentially, you know, what certainly for me in the last kind of three years, Marvel aside, you know, in, through Marvel into this, the Mandalorian is the greatest thing that's been made in a very long time. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I definitely see that and, and fully respect it. I, I just, I chuckle at the thought that all of the stuff that made Boba cool in the original trilogy is Din Djarin. Yeah. In the original trilogy, he was just a guy that looked cool that you would assume did badass stuff, right? <laughs> but but he never did anything and he didn't really say much. And so so the Mandalorian is what people expected from a Boba Fett show. Boba Fett had development in uh the Clone Wars and we learned some stuff mm -hmm. about his back. And this is so I while I'm in the same book, because I do much prefer The Mandalorian to The Book of Boba Fett, I appreciate that we have two different shows. Because I don't want the same show twice. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 
And I, and I think that's it for me is the that today's episode has really kind of almost just made them one big series and I didn't want that. Um, mm. So it, it's just, it's blurred the lines between them for me a little bit. Uh, and it, as I say, it's just shone a light on it, it, it's all down the perspective from a certain point of view, um, but it is, you know, is the Book of Boba Fett inferior compared to the Mandalorian or is the Mandalorian superior compared to the Book of Boba Fett? I'll go with the latter because I'm an optimist and superior is a better word than inferior. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, well, how about your thoughts, uh, Elias? Uh, I mean, Phantom Menace fans stay winning. Like, that was brilliant um i mean shout out to brooke who got some horrific snapchats from me this morning um i watched it uh before i went to work and i was like literally like screaming in my car like i'm not even kidding you screaming (laughs) at brooke like did you watch it like yelling i i had such a visceral reaction to it it felt like it felt like star wars like nothing I, in, in a very like long time I my, my blood hasn't pumped like that watching something with Star Wars I really enjoyed Book of Boba Fett and I've talked about this before I'm enjoying it because this is the first series that like I don't have a stake in mm-hmm. like I was never a huge like Boba Fett stan I just I was like alright yeah he's cool and I can just like enjoy it from like a normal fan standpoint whereas like when Kenobi comes out I will be a menace like with the Ahsoka series, obviously Thrawn. So it's that's what I've enjoyed about uh, Book of Boba Fett, and this just honestly just reinvigorated my love for Mando. And I think these, you know, final episodes are gonna really pull at everyone's heartstrings and be this huge grand finale. And it it got my blood pumping. I'm still psyched about it. It, it made my day. <laughs> Can I just see as well? what made it so good and i touched on this earlier is the fact that he actually carved people up with the dark saber like yes. you don't see that in star wars you only see dro- that yeah. happen to droids he he carved people up the guy you put on the table and you're just like oh <laughs> well he's dead like <laughs> and then he was like you might want to put that on ice i was like oh, okay <laughs> Yeah, I was got so much, so much awesome stuff, so much amazing. I mean, we got to see the Night of a Thousand Tears on screen. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else feel cold? I was like, cried, oh, no. oh, yeah, cried. And and then and then it, it it made me flash straight to the episode where you know why Din was so adamant of like you can't have this Mandalorian armor. Imagine such an atrocity like that happens. And all of those sets of armor and all of the best car that's that's around and all the weapons, all the stuff that is part of their religion, part of their faith, part of their culture is now spread to the winds. And you could be out walking around and there's some guy wearing, you know, the armor of your ancestors. And you're like, God, I, that's got to be so... It'd be so pissed off. <laughs> it was also visually stunning. Just mm-hmm. gorgeous. Gorgeous. Every every single shot. Yeah. Uh any any predictions on um 
well, okay. So, so two things. Um, we'll go around you one last time real quick and do a prediction on what was made for Grogu. I still maintain it's like a, a gangster chain that he's going to wear. <laughs> um, what was made for Grogu, uh, but also, you know, what, what to expect in, in next week's episode. Um, and and then once again, because I'm going to cut the video, so there's two videos. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, if you can answer the question, and then also any final thoughts on this episode of The Book of Boba Fett and where we can find you and your content. Uh, we'll start with uh, with Alanis. All right. So my I do love the idea of the chain. I'm like very much here for that. But honestly, I think Din made him something for like a lightsaber hilt. I I think it's like something like Jedi related because it's tiny. So I'm thinking like you know how they kind of have like those like little like um oh why can't I think of the word like the balls that go at the end of lightsabers something like that that would kind of like hook in that's what i'm that's what i'm predicting um honestly the only thing that i've gotten right so far with book of boba fett was that he was going to go back to the sarlacc pit so uh, clearly has not gone the direction <laughs> that i thought so i'm still going to say thrawn though that he's just going to be sprinkled in i'm just going to I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna say Thrawn. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, I have to. <laughs> uh, real quick, shout out to the Darth Black series. Uh, thank you so much for for the donation. Um, and you know who who gives the armor that kind of authority? She's the only one left. She, she's just the highest ranking person that's still alive out of two. <laughs> And it, but it, but it makes sense that the person making the weapons in their culture would be seen as the highest authority. That just feels like it tracks really well. But um, more than that, armor is a freaking badass. And like, I, I want to see like she made Din look bad <laughs> with tools. You know, I, I don't know. But um, uh, alas, sorry, I, I cut you off before you could say where we can find you and your awesome content. Oh. Yes, so um, you can find me under Not a Kyber on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Um, you can also find my podcast that I host with V, who's under Grand Admiral V, um, at Sith Faced Pod on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram as well, and Spotify, Apple Music, all that nonsense. Awesome. Um, ooh, I got Captain Vaughn in the chat saying, I can say without a doubt that this was my favorite piece of Star Wars media since Empire Strikes Back. This Empire was fire this episode was fire did i say empire sorry <laughs> i'm thinking of empire. <laughs> um awesome i i i love the uh the enthusiasm um you know star wars fans loving star wars you love to see it right uh it's a change you... <laughs> <laughs> uh how about you ari um yeah so i think I, I actually really like the idea of like a, a lightsaber or something. I didn't even think that. I, my first thought was it was going to be like one of those like little chain mail things. Would it be like the one that Bilbo gave Frodo in the Fellowship of the Ring? So Grogu will just be indestructible against everything. Um, and I also think that'd be so cute. And I just really want to see Grogu in like little chain mail. But I do, I actually, I gotta, I gotta say, I think your lightsaber thing's probably more realistic um but i guess we'll see that being said i am also so bad at predicting things um i was 
absolutely certain we were going to get a Hut Slayer mention in the first episode, and that hasn't happened yet. So now I'm my life is in shambles. I don't know. I don't know what's coming next. I feel like I feel like next episode is going to be kind of. Well, I'm, I'm hope this is what I want, um, but it's going to be like, you know, the building, the gathering, the forces, and then like final battle kind of starts at the end of next episode and then carries over and kind of gets resolved ish um, in the last episode is what I hope happens. Cause I'm still like kind of waiting to see more of like the crime aspect, uh, I guess I'll say. That was one thing I, I agree with you guys. I didn't have a lot of stake in this show either. Like, Boba Fett, whatever, but I was really excited about kind of the more Star Wars organized crime, which I feel like we've been getting like teasers, but not really the full thing yet. So that's what I'm, that's my prediction slash more so what I'm hoping for. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, you can find me on TikTok at ari.in.space and on Twitter and Instagram at millenniumpod underscore, which is also the name of my Star Wars podcast, The Millennium Pod. It's on like every podcast platform, I'm pretty sure. Um, anyhow, that that's me. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for, for coming out. Last but not least, uh, Leo. Wait, did I start with you? No. No, no. <laughs> no. Um, so I think in the uh, what was made for Grogu is I think uh, a Mudhorn kind of um like pendant or just to and i think it'll what it'll represent is the start of his own clan and that's how he'll kind of regain his mandalorian status and have it that way um but yeah i think the the a mud horn to represent and to signify that you know grogu is a foundling um I, this episode really threw me. So I was convinced that it was going to be a one season deal and um, Bobo, they were essentially bringing Boba back to make him the hero to then kill him off and almost pass on the mantle. Now that could still happen. And I'm, you, do you know what? I don't know. Um, but I think, um, I do think, I said, I know the new ship was awesome, like the Naboo Starfighter, but I feel like that could be a bit of a swerve. And I still think, and this is what I said going into it, so I'm going to stand by my guns, although I'm less convinced. Boba dies and um, Mando gets the fire spray, and then we get a new like paint job on it. I, I'm less convinced. However, the one thing I would absolutely love to see happen is when the, when the muscle shows up, uh, the pikes turn up with their own fleet of bounty hunters as well and we see bosk go at it with black chrysanthemum that's all i want to see <laughs> awesome yes. um and on that lovely note you can find me on uh tiktok at obi-wan uh on a daily basis usually three times a day uh doing all sorts of weird stuff at the minute um and then you can find me on instagram so op1 but instead of the i it's a one because somebody beat me to it uh and it's a private account how annoying is that as well they don't even like use it openly um, <laughs> and then you can find me on uh youtube as well and it's op1 without the underscore with the space in it sunday evenings we do the Opiverse podcast whereby it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation with other um creators across all things kind of nerd fandom and uh, Darth Chocolo and I are in conversations about you coming on. Absolutely. Can't wait. Can't wait. I also might be uh, coming on uh, Alanis' uh, podcast soon as well. Yeah. And 
maybe if I'm good, I might get an invite from Ari, but she's just At literally any time. Same <laughs> <laughs> goes for all everybody on this panel. <laughs> but that's that's my favorite thing about the community is is all communicating, collaborating, introducing one another. It's it's amazing. Um you know, we have amazing people in the chat as well, like Padawan's podcast. Um, Luke is, is just awesome. He agrees. Wookie versus Trandoshan. Um, B Dazzler, who uh, streams from time to time on Twitch, also has uh, a store, Far Far Away Factory, which makes incredible stuff. Uh, we even have uh, the Jedi Smark, who has a podcast called Ha, it's a podcast, just talks about random stuff. I was on there recently, um, and you get uh, unhinged, Chaco, if if you're into that. Um, <laughs> we got uh, we got uh, Chris Star Wars lawyer in the chat saying Dirge versus Chris Santin. Would love to see it. Um, Star Wars lawyer also has a podcast, a two black two nerdy podcast. Uh, man, we Star Wars fans are we're, we're eating well. <laughs> we're, we're doing awesome, and I. It's it just couldn't be a better time. As far as my predictions, um, I, I do I do think that this was some type of, of of chain mail that Grogu can wear under under something, and it probably has a, a, a mud horn design. And who knows? Maybe this is how he survives um, at Luke's Jedi Temple um, at some point in the future. We'll we shall see. Uh, that being said, my predictions is we haven't heard the, f the, the final thing for what happened with the Tuscans. Uh, Fennec Shan seemed pretty adamant that there's there is no way that those the bikers would have taken down all of them. So I something there's more to that story. I think we're going to get it in the very next episode so that we can have a grand finale that resolves it. And who knows? Maybe that means that the uh, Tuscan girl that was whooping on Boa survived and is still out there. I don't know. We'll see. We need some resolution on that one. Anyhow, thank you guys for joining. Thank everyone in the chat who, who stuck around for this kind of double episode. Uh, again, I'll be splitting them up. But we, we love it. Love you guys. We love this whole community. May the force be with you.